0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Beer and Loathing, and this week, a twist. That's because the bar that we go to every week to tape this podcast, well, it was full. It was too crowded. It was too loud. We couldn't get in. So we had to improvise. We had to call an audible. Let's just say our solution involved my apartment and some artificial noise from a computer that we mixed in. You'll see how that worked out. We had a special guest this week, as always. It was NBC News political reporter Harry Bacon Jr., and also another surprise this week, the triumphant return of somebody who's been very important to this show from the very beginning, our moderator, Jeff Eldridge, back from his vacation in Greece. We did some travel tips this week, too. So tune in, come for the great conversation. Stay for the artificial noise. We're not in a bar. We're in my apartment. We went to our normal bar tonight, and uh, there were a lot of people there. And I asked the guy what was going on. and it's just, I, The Fringe Film Festival. And this was like the after party or something. And he said, don't worry, they'll all be, they'll all be leaving in a few minutes. That was at about 8 o'clock. And 15 minutes later, uh, about 20 more people had arrived. So I said, well, don't worry, there's a bar down the street. It's always empty. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to tell them what we're doing. I'll say, hey, i got 10 people. We're going to come in, buy some drinks, do a podcast. Is that cool with you? So went down the street. And the good news was the bar was just as empty as I expected it would be. The bad news was... Uh, it was empty because it's closed till October, so we, we couldn't get into the backup bar. And we. Uh, and then I improvised, and I said, well, you know what? Let's go to my apartment. It's right around the corner. So that's where we are right now. You people on Meerkat are getting an inside look at my... Uh, <laughs> and they're laughing because it's incredibly unimpressive. <laughs> um, but, um, so we're going to do a couple things on the, uh, on the show tonight. Uh, we have a special guest who I'm going to introduce in a minute. We're going to talk all about politics and the media, and we're going to do icebreaker questions and all these... Fun and exciting things with him. Uh, But first, a little exciting news for you. If you've been following this podcast from the beginning, you've noticed over the last few weeks that something is missing. More specifically, someone is missing. The glue that has held this broadcast together from the very beginning, our moderator, Jeff Eldridge, he takes all the questions on there, he filters them through, he reformulates them if necessary, he keeps this thing going in so many ways. He was on vacation. In, uh, in, in Greece. I was in Greece. For like Two the last weeks. three, three, yeah. And he's yeah. back, and he's back. I don't know if you can hear him. He's going to share the microphone with me. And I want to first ask you, first of all, <laughs> now this is interesting because you're coming back from Greece, right. and I am, I was inspired by your trip. Yeah. You didn't just go to Greece. You traveled by yourself to Greece.
1: Well, I, I went there for a wedding, and then I traveled on my own a bit before and after. So it was, you know, some of it was solo, some of it was a bit with a big group. Um, it was pretty awesome. But traveling solo is great. You'll be you'll be great. You'll well, that's the thing, I'm go I'm
0: taking a trip next week because I was I inspired by you, but I don't have a big group to, to go with. Well I'm going to Iceland.
1: Yeah. How did you pick Iceland?
0: Well I the name sounded kinda of cool. Right. <laughs> I I told you about it. I li- I like winter. Yeah. And I was talking about my favorite, like people said, Where do you want to like have a summer house? And I found this place in Siberia that had <laughs> snow in July. <laughs> <laughs> it's this like dying coal town but it had snow in july it might have been coal ash but it was probably snow yeah and so i i said that's where i like to have my summer home but the, you know russia and the u.s don't get along too well right now so i'll settle for iceland they said the average temperature in august it's fifty-five.
1: Yeah, I checked it out. That means yeah. if I get
0: lucky, it's going to be like forty-five.
1: That'll be perfect for you. So I'm looking forward to yeah, this. <laughs> it's going to be great. You can wear a hoodie and some baggy jeans. You'll have a great time. I'll I'm going to go to one things. of those.
0: I'm going to go to one of those mineral spas too. Yeah. There's like they're formed from like volcano residue, and then there's like uh, and they're open late at night, and you go in the water, and it's salt, so you float. And it like takes it adds two years to your life. Everybody or loves
1: it. It's supposed to be beautiful. I've never heard anyone say anything negative about their trips to Iceland. Uh, there's a great Michael Lewis essay from a few years ago. He got in a little <laughs> bit of hot water afterwards because they thought the exaggerated. What did he do? Well, they thought he exaggerated the eccentricities of the people of Iceland, and he had stuff about how people in Iceland believe in in gnomes still, and it was is that true? Uh, uh, well, do par- I have to believe in gnomes? Apparently not. There was a backlash from natives to Iceland saying that Michael Lewis simplified a lot of. Their quirks and overstated it, but um,
0: is there anything else? You're much more worldly than me. Is there I'm anything else worldly. I need to be? Well, the, my foreign travel to date consists of the maritime provinces of Canada.
1: Yeah, it was very, <laughs> it was very shocking when you announced that you were going to travel abroad, because I like. He originally, we were emailing. You said you were going to take a flight to LA and then drive cross country. Was the on first plane, on yep. your own for six days, which sounds to me like hell. I couldn't imagine six days driving on See, my I own. I was going to say six days country. driving with
0: me or six days driving. Uh, so
1: okay. I mean, you too. You would. Be, I, I would be in a car. Oh, I would have all for, sorts
0: of uh, trivia to share with oh, you on, yeah, the, on the way. Yeah, no, there'd be a lot of,
1: lot of stories. I'm sure. College
0: nicknames. We'd, all we, all Everything we, could cover we passed that. by.
1: Um, but Mexico yeah. Lobos. And I was like, dude, you have a week off. You should go abroad and do something cool. And immediately you, you type back Iceland. So now you're expediting a passport. You're oh, that's what I have
0: to do. Just, I mean, this is This is the reason we're asking about this too. We're talking about this right now. We haven't asked you anything yet. But this is the reason I'm talking about it is send in throughout the hour travel tips for me. That's what I kind of, I don't travel that much. And I, you know, I get kind of cranky when I do. But so what I have to do tomorrow, I'm going to wake up at 4 in the morning tomorrow. And I'm going to go stand in line. If you get there at five in the morning at this expedited passport place here in New York City, you can get a same-day passport. I don't have a passport; mine expired years ago, and I haven't traveled abroad since. So that's what I have to do. First thing in the morning is get the get the passport. Any any final travel tips for me, Jeff? Your your you know luggage tips? Do I like um, you wheels know, on the bag or something? Is I that the thing? I saw one, up in the air. If you got one of those bags, <laughs> <laughs> if,
1: if you got one of those bags, um, it, it it won't hurt. But you know, Reykjavik's supposed to be a great town to go out in because apparently people stay out like all night and it gets really rowdy. It's a small town, but apparently people really go out there and I'm sure a lot of people there are gonna speak English. You know, northern European countries, tons of people speak fluent English. You won't have any problems with that and Try to be friendly and make make new friends. If you if you want to go you want to go, I'm good b- at that. Yeah, if you want to go to the bar and have a beer and someone starts talking to you, and, uh, feel free to engage. But them. what if
0: it's one of the rowdy? What if it's a, a an Icelandic hoodlum?
1: Uh, it's like all the more fun. See where <laughs> see where it takes you. And I'll be I'll be watching the questions and comments tonight. And any advice or stories, anecdotes, good things that Steve should know for his journey, I'll pass on. Let throughout. me know
0: any Iceland tips. I already got ripped off on the plane tickets. I found out if you go to Boston and you get them for 80% cheaper. I found that out after I hit send. Anyway, one lesson learned. So let me introduce tonight's guest while you guys think of your, uh, your travel tips. Tonight's guest, uh, first of all, has probably traveled more than me, but that's actually saying absolutely nothing. Uh, but if you have watched even a few minutes of NBC News' coverage of the race for president, then you surely have seen tonight's guest before. Perry Bacon Jr. is a senior political reporter with NBC covering all things 2016 and... If you're an early riser on the weekends or if you fall asleep watching Lock Up and Wake Up with MSNBC (laughs) on sometimes in the middle of a Saturday or Sunday morning, then you have probably also seen him on my show where he is one of our regular and one of our favorite Panelists, before joining NBC, Perry was the political editor for The Grio. He also reported on politics for The Washington Post and Time magazine. He is a native of Louisville, Kentucky, but he must not have had great the grades to get into Louisville University because he actually went to college at Yale. Uh, Perry Bacon... Welcome to my um, apartment. <laughs> <This is great. laughs> Thanks for having me. So I ask this what you're great. feeling right now? I know we kind of sold you a bill of goods. We told you a bar, free drinks and everything, and now you're, you're sitting at my An adventure table is good. I'm excited. It's an, you're an you're, adventure. You didn't have a drink. We. Uh, I, sh- I had my bourbon. We're, we got to get some more bourbon. We're, I'll go get something here. Yes. I was going to say, I mean, now, you're from Kentucky and you request bourbon. That's sort of, you know. <laughs> it is a stereotype that I've, it's I have to like bourbon. If I go anywhere from Massachusetts, I have to get chowder? Is that the same principle?
2: We're not known for much else. So we are, I'm trying to, continue, you know, the bourbon and the derby, and that's pretty much what we're known for. Well, that's In right. the positive sense, at least. we, you know. So I'm trying to, and, and the basketball team, the basketball team, yes. Well, the, both the, basketball the, teams. The big rival. Both basketball teams. So you're, team. a, you're, a,
1: you're a Louisville fan. I'm a Louisville fan, fan you know, yeah. yes.
2: I'm, one, one of my brothers went to UK, one, and one went to Western, and I didn't go to Louisville but we grew up as a L fan, so I'm still a Louisville fan,
0: yeah. But the, Kentucky's had the the better of that. Kentucky the last has years. been the better. Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, has been the better team. I don't the, think we can't deny that. I got. to I mean, this is my
0: one. I have many regrets. Actually, this is my one regret. One of my regrets was I grew up in a place that, that college basketball was not really a thing. Right, you know, right. Boston College, UMass for a couple years. Then they took the banner down because they, you know, rampant cheating. But uh, it was a great team. Two and That was, to, it was yeah. a great team. Oh, yeah. Best team money could buy. But who uh, <laughs> <laughs> lost Kentucky. Kentucky? Right. Right. Yeah. Kentucky, it was Patino beat him. Right. But yeah. I mean, I, the idea of a state like Kentucky or Indiana, where they just, they bleed, they live and breathe college basketball. Because I love every year, my favorite thing in sports is the college basketball tournament. Way, yeah. And I just, I love it. And, you know, Patino's this, I mean, my family gives me, my family hates Rick Patino because he ruined the Celtics and everything, but they always give me grief. But I love Patino. and, and, and that, you know, It took me a while
2: because we grew up rooting against the U.K., and so we grew up really hating them. So I hated Patino for a long time. But at the end of Denny Crum was the previous coach of Louisville, and he'd be his last, Five years were just miserable. So you really wanted to have to I knew he'll be a good coach. I didn't like him like I, as a personality, but I've grown to like him now because the team has done so well. These great. last five years have been great.
0: And you got and the, the Yale basketball team has gotten good in the last <laughs> couple <of> years. <laughs> I think they lost a play-in game this uh, year. So. I, I, yes, yes. I get to choose my <laughs> basketball team, and I'm stuck a little bit. So there you go. So, well, so alright, let's let's get to uh, let's get to, to more politics and everything. We'll have some uh, another thing we do here a lot is we do the icebreaker questions. Uh, sure. you know, get to know you. I know you a little bit. Uh, the first time we did this, we had Ronan Farrow, and I always, I always fall back into the story. But I, it was very intimidating to me because he has the, you know, he's a celebrity. He's a celebrity. You know, and, and I don't know him that well. He also has uh, like five degrees
2: from Yale or something, right? He's like a celebrity. He's also kind of right. a genius. he's also a genius.
0: Yeah. He has two gazillion followers on all of the social media and everything, you know. And I was like very honored that he came to do the show. But I also, like, I, I don't know him. I don't know what to yeah. say. So I said, well, what do I do in these situations in my everyday life? I write down questions on pieces of paper and I ask people to select numbers so I can ask them. <laughs> so that's what we did with uh, with Ronan Farrow, and it was such a hit. We're gonna we're gonna do that again. So we'll we'll get to know Perry a little bit. And here's the thing, audience at home, while uh, you're not just telling me about you know travel tips and and you know prongs for outlets or whatever you're coming up with there, um, icebreaker questions for Perry. If you have any of them, please send them along and we'll we'll ask Perry. Let's get to know this guy. You see him all the time on TV. You read his stuff. On MSNBC.com, so let's get to know him a little bit. Let's find out a little bit about his thoughts on the 2016 race. That's what I want to start with right now. Actually, um, we're talking 2016. I'm going to ask somebody. Actually, we have people here. Can somebody go into my 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 bedroom? There's a
1: there's something on the
0: corner of the. Um, of the uh, table that's that up against funny. the wall that I want to show America oh, to, your right, right. Paul, to your right, Paul. To your right. To your right. You see it? Oh, there it is. This is going to set up my first question to Perry Bacon Jr. Oh, wow! Look at you this. Did you get an clean Look at this. This is fantastic. Now, this is a violation of <laughs> the journalistic ethics. Yeah, I but think, it looks for good to, for me to wear this. But man, I have a
2: question though. Where is it made? I have a theory that it is. It, does it say?
1: No.
0: Look at that. Look it at is that. made Perry, in USA. Come on, got that cover? My wife asked me this morning. Asked me this. I wonder if he had that cover on I was curious. So we, Donald Trump's hands are made in the somebody, USA. It's some, and So I did not buy this myself. I just, in case anybody's thinking we we you know donated the campaign or anything, but it uh, it ended up in my possession and. Damn it, I'm, this is going to be like every hipster bar in Brooklyn five years from now everybody's going to be wearing the makeup, and they're going to be saluting at that point the second term of President Trump because that's, that's what it looks like things that, did you see his interview with, uh, with Chuck Todd yesterday and he just says <laughs> what was the thing he says to him at the end he's, he's questioning him in immigration and he looks at Chuck and he basically says look I'll tell you what four years from now you're going to be saying you did such a great job President Trump <laughs> There were so many moments in the interview
2: and the interview on the point. It was fa- um, this has been fun, you know. I got to be, you know, I, I didn't yep. walk into this thinking I was like Donald Trump is running because he did the whole fake out in 2011 where he was running. Right. He was, and I hate when people pretend to run who are not running. But now that he's running, this has been entertaining. You got to, you can't deny that he's like because he just says whatever comes to his head he doesn't seem to be grounded by any actual views of what he thinks or what he said five years ago or what he said three days ago he just sort of talks it's but it, doesn't it fun. feel like
0: it's? Been, i agree it's been really fun and it's lasted a lot longer but than i, I thought expect- or anybody thought sure. that this was going to last i also feel like it is becoming serious like i, I i'm afraid to say it but like could it happen
2: uh, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, he, does, he he's acting more serious too. Like he, you know, he put out this immigration plan policy plan yesterday. He seems like someone who entered entered this like to have fun, and now thinks, "Oh, I'm ahead in the polls. Maybe I could be president." I, that's how he's behaving to me, and so it, I am taking it more seriously. I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a political science junkie, and so I sort of believe that. In general, candidates who were endorsed more win more, and somebody like Jeb Bush or Marco Rubio will eventually be the nominee. But I we remember on your show yesterday that um, you, you missed a great performance in which Dyson was literally rapping on air. I mean, you know, it was a performance really? you got to go watch it. Dyson was well, fantastic. obviously he, he was the he was imitating he me was imitating as you usual. And to you're the preferred rapper, Sunday morning you know, tradition, yes, but he was going <laughs> strong. But I do think he could win Iowa. He could be the Santorum and Huckabee the cycle. That's what I. <laughs> what do you think? That's kind of where well, I see Well, but him so let me here. ask you
0: this: Let's say what happens if uh, I can't believe we're saying this you go going to Iowa. What, so Trump wins Iowa. Yes. Okay. Now, look what's happening in New Hampshire right now. And you wrote about this uh, last week, I think. Yeah. Kasich is sneaking up, right? So if, now if Kasich, if, if Trump were to win Iowa right. and Kasich were to win New Hampshire, I think the first thing that that means is Jeb Bush is done. I think right? so, mm-hmm. so, Jeb, So now Jeb Bush is out of this race, right? Walker's mm-hmm. out because Iowa's got to be his right. thing, right? So Walker's out, Jeb Bush is out. you got Rubio, Trump, and Kasich. That's what you're reducing it to. And I kind of feel like, does Kasich become what John McCain was in 2000? He's every Democrat's favorite Republican. And so all the press loves him. The Democrats love him. Oh, he's so reasonable. Oh, look, he's different (laughs) on immigration, blah, blah, blah. And because of that, the base, South Carolina, says no way. Does he become...
2: At some point, the, the, the yes, the base will say no way. But the bait like South Carolina, is usually won by like McCain won South Carolina in '08. I mean, some you can you can be the established person and still win in South Carolina. But you got to Bush you, beat him there in no Bush oh, in beat 2000, him there in 2000. Right? Bush was. Bush and McCain were both establishment, so right. it's like a little bit hard. I do think at some point if Trump won four or five primaries, you might have George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush, John McCain, Mitt Romney, all stand with right. each other, endorse the other guy. Whoever is the, un, the un-Trump, I think is going to have, a, like, uh, the party's going to get really behind them. And a lot of blue you know we, don't, we forget the blue state Republicans do matter. I mean, when you think about how do you win the primary, Illinois counts, Ohio counts, um, Massachusetts counts. There right. are delegates in these places that I would be very surprised if Trump, but I'm I went from zero percent to there is some percent. What's, the, what, what's, and, the uh, what's the, I, what do
0: you think the number is? You got to put a number on it right now. Seven. What you Did he win the nomination? It was uh, seven. 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 percent. So low. Yeah. What do you? were we put it? At? I'm at about eighty or ninety right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here I'll tell you. I think you hit on something, and this is what I'm watching for. Here, here's the thing. Like, and I'm I'm generally with you, like on the the political science thing. And I used to I used to say it was all. You know, I, I used to think a lot of the, a lot more of the political coverage was bullshit because the political science. Sure. I, I'm a lot less there now okay. yeah. than I was a few years what ago. What moved you? It, Trump is part of it. Trump to be is part of it. Okay. So four years ago, I mean, I remember I wrote this thing four years ago for Salon when I was writing there. It was when Trump was flirting with running in 2012, right. and I, I called it like the $184.62 Donald Trump check. I looked at the however much I had in my savings account at the time. It was like $184. Bucks. Right. And I said, it was when he was flirting with it, I said, I'm, here's the deal. I'm putting my money, all of my savings account on the line right now, like Donald Trump style, dramatic, reality TV, whatever. And if he is actually, if his name is on the ballot when the New Hampshire primary is held six months from now, you reader who wins this contest will take all of my money. All right. I was that you confident, were that confident. He, and you know, and I was, I felt like validated because he, he pulled back, and I, I had it in my head. I'm like, he'll never do it because he'll never put the financial disclosure stuff out right. there, and that's we'll realize that we all he's rich, contest. but he's not as rich as the image, and blah blah blah. Sure. And I, I, I held back when this started. For some reason, I held back a couple months ago when he started to get traction, and everybody was saying, ah, oh, but you know, Herman Cain was up three, four years ago, Michelle Bachman, and I held back. And I feel good about it because I do think there's, I don't know exactly what it is, but I, I think we've, we've entered different territory now because with Herman Cain four years ago, the minute that there was like pushback against him, the minute he, he stepped into it, boom, it was over. It was done. He had nothing. Trump went to war with Fox News and won. I mean, that's crazy. Beyond who's winning the election,
2: that's been the most amazing story of the primary, that I thought when the Fox, Fox News basically let's be honest, with you, Fox News is the establishment of the Republican Party they went in the debate, we're going to take this guy down the first question, not take down in the sort of negative, take this, so they were the one to challenge him, first question, who's going to run in the third party, everybody knew that was a Donald Trump right. question, Megyn Kelly reads this he, he tar- says some terrible things, so I would we should acknowledge that, and Megyn Kelly has this quick, like, what I thought was a very sharp question and I did think, I thought Fox, went when Went after him in the debate. I thought he was right to make that point. And I figured once he made those comments about Megyn Kelly, he would plunge into nowhere. Instead, Megyn Kelly is taking a vacation, you know, in the terms they use. And she's right. off work and Trump has been on Fox several days since then. Sean Hannity kind of mentioned, oh, you had a, you know, he kind of avoided the whole Megyn Kelly issue. Trump won, again, in a war against where Roger Ailes basically sounds like called to apologize to Trump. And I've never, I never, I've never seen it. Roger I, I never, like, the president of the United States can't get Roger Ailes to do change anything he does. Right. But Donald Trump has won. So this is as, as far as the Republican Party goes. Trump is already, bar he went in the primary night, he's already, I thought Fox News was the strongest thing in the Republican Party. And now maybe it
0: isn't. No, and that's why I'm sitting here like I, I don't even, I'm dodging the, I told you put a percentage yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, that's
2: fine. I don't know. I
0: 20%. 20%. I might say 20%. Yeah. And they, they know all the political science the crowd would all laugh at me for that. But I, I don't know. I'm just like, this has not started to show any signs of fading yet. Also, and I'm di- starting to say, you know The dynamics are changing
2: now because he's put out a real immigration plan. I think, you know, the political scientists say track the endorsements. Right. Isn't there a scenario in which Steve King and people on the right will well, start does he, to start to get endorsements? And I think that that's not implausible. Wait, right. It's early, so let's say December if he's doing well, but he's on you know his immigration plan, you notice today Scott Walker basically said, I had those ideas first. I never thought we'd be in a place where people were saying, Donald Trump's ideas that are so great, I had them first. I, it used to be Donald Trump's right. ideas were crazy. He This is the person who was going around saying the president wasn't born here four years ago. The fact that Scott Walker is trying to you know hug his supporters is a... Yeah, Trump is doing something. I don't think the Bernie Sanders-Trump thing is the same thing, by the way. And A lot of people have been saying these are two outsiders. No, oh, I, I, agree I don't see that. it yeah. that way. I think yeah. Bernie Sanders is a member who's been in Congress for 20 years. He's not a really, his support is different. He's basically been saying the same thing for years and finally people are there, and they kind of agree with his economic inequality message. But I think, I don't think Bernie Sanders, is, I would argue his chances are lower than, I know it sounds crazy to say, but Trump has a better chance of being the Republican nominee, I would say, than Bernie Sanders, I think, has like a I 1% to 0 I, I, yeah. I
0: think it's a fair proposition. We'll, we'll, we'll get more. Okay. I want to talk to you a lot more about the Democratic race, too, and a lot of other stuff. And But Jeff right now has been collecting reactions and questions and all sorts of fun stuff. What do we got?
1: Well, I'm going to stick on the um, Republican race stuff for now. I've got a lot of at Iceland advice, but oh, since we're on it, um, we First, Gregory, before you guys brought it up, was talking about how um, Trump was beating the GOP media and had started the split with that, so he was on that right before you guys got on it. I was going to ask you about that, but then you hit it. Um, Todd is wondering if Trump would run as a third party candidate. Andy is asking about Fiorina's place in the race. I missed all of that while I was gone. When I came back, Fiorina was kind of a, a player. Um, And then Todd also says that he likes Rick Perry now, not enough to vote for him, but he has more respect for him than he did before. I've read stuff from the Perry campaign that's been a little bit shaky. So what's going on with Fiorina, Perry, Trump third party? Any thoughts? Well, let me –
0: so in the elimination pool, first Republican to actually drop out, I got Rick Perry. I would still put my money in Jindal, but I think that's oh, yeah, that's Rick, not
2: bad. You know, but I, I yeah. think you might be right. Yeah. yeah, Rick Perry's the first person to like stop paying staff. That's usually the sign. His super PAC is very well funded, so I so I think he could probably probably hang on a little longer. But Jindal Perry. I have heard Santorum's having some trouble with you know staff and money too. This is like everybody in the Happy Hour primary except for Carly is in trouble.
0: Well, can I say something to the Santorum thing? Like, and I look, I get it. And if I were if I were his campaign, I'd say the exact same thing. Everybody asks you the same question, like, "Look, you're in 15th place. Yeah. Why? You know, blah blah blah." And so you would say, "Look, I was doing terribly until December 26th last last time around, and I won Iowa. But how much of that was that Iowa?" Decided they loved Rick Santorum and they voted for Rick Santorum, or they were like, Well, it can't be Herman Cain. It can't be Michelle Bachman. It can't be Newt Gingrich. And we don't want it to be Mitt. So, fine, we'll check off. You know, right. like, I think that's the level of his support last time around. Right. He was anybody but Mitt, literally anybody but Mitt. And now he's got 15, 16 opponents. And I just, I, so I, I'm skeptical he's ever going to get that. Yeah, kind for of Iowa, again. I feel
2: like they have to go through like Trump, Walker. I think Ted Cruz is kind of a dark horse to win there. I think Rubio could win there. I still think they're going to go through all four of those people. Huckabee. I think he has more yeah, support than I think about did. Him, you yeah. know, he did really well and he was more popular than Santorum. I think. Yeah, I would agree with you. Santorum is right that national polls don't necessarily tell you a lot. He's wrong to suggest. You know, Republicans have kind of Perry and Santorum in the same place. They had a chance to run before. People looked at them closely. There's 15 new candidates. You know, my phone was just ringing. <laughs> uh, hopefully, the, is
0: the broadcast still going? Little, little technical. Okay, yeah.
2: Please don't call me if you're watching at home. <laughs> now you went uh, to the. Now, I did not go to the happy hour. Were you? I mean, you. So what did you? I I thought Carly was fine. Oh. I didn't think she was like, you know, Socrates. I mean, I found the coverage of it to be a little much. Carly was so impressive. Socrates Fiorina. <laughs> the Republicans want her to do well because they want. I think the incentives of the
0: Republicans they want to get a woman in the debates. That's in the ten, top ten. So yeah, I was out there and I watched. I had I, the the, the um, kids' table debate, happy hour, whatever you want to call. It, I, had, I had a couple reactions to it. First was this: if you remember, the uh, a lot of pictures were circulating online during that of the empty. This is the Cleveland Cavs arena, right. vast empty arena. There's like 42 people. I remember there was a there was a favorite. Uh, I say like college basketball when I was a kid. There was a, a measles outbreak. At, at a college in, in the Northeast. So the, Boston University is in this basketball conference. A few others were. And so they, they got to have their conference tournament to find out who gets the NCAA tournament. Right. But be, because of this measles outbreak, everybody has to be quarantined. So the players cannot, there cannot be fans at the games anymore. So there's this famous, not famous, but it's like a, a, you know, I know about it. And there's it's this thing, the Hartford Civic Center. For the college basketball tournament in 1989, completely empty, completely and they play in the college basketball and they get in the tournament. And I, I'm looking at the scenes from the Cleveland debate, and I'm saying it's the same thing. I mean, there's no measles, obviously. But what, what I was wondering was, was was this Fox sticking it to these candidates who put up a fight, who said Fox was screwing them over, who didn't like the rules, and they're like, fine, we'll give you the 5 p.m. debate, we'll give you the hour of our airtime, but. You know, we're gonna make sure it did know. feel I was very
2: JV. You know, but it did help Carly. I do think that the coverage. I like think I said. I think the Republicans have some incentive to get her in and one of those one of the ten men out. So I think there's a, a sense that we want to get her in. There's no all women on you know all men on stage right now. She's. She could be a viable... She's not going to be vice president. At least I don't know why I was going to say that. But I mean, but I think is she it, could, do, do you, know. you say
0: is, is the reason why you say that reflexively, the the business record and the, the yes. way things ended at... Yes, yeah. I think yeah. if someone prosecuted Geopath that pretty or, hard, yeah. I
2: think that would be problematic, particularly in an election where it looks like income inequality, weight is going to be a big issue, the rich versus the poor. The way she, like, left with the golden parachute, fired everyone there, that would be... You can imagine the ads about, you know... So Jeb we, Bush and Carly Fiorina, the you know, the Mitt Romneys right. of, of our
0: time. Now, but you know, yeah, that would be problematic. So here's the question: She has she has taken off a little bit in the polls because of this debate. Yeah. I think she'll probably make. So you're gonna do the same thing again with this next CNN debate. Top ten yeah. polls, basically the same thing. I think she'll probably make that top ten. Yes. Who does she kick out of that? It's a great question. I'm trying to think of who.
2: I think. Yeah, I think it's Christy. Christy? I. I I think Christy, Kasich is moving a little bit. Kasich is moving. Isn't. I was gonna say Walker initially. Both, Kay, both Walker and maybe Rand. I mean, Rand, Chris, Rand yeah, right? Rand actually. Rand yeah. and Christie are both behaving like desperate politicians. Is if they and I think they're not getting a lot of coverage. And I think it could be Rand. I think that yeah, because he's got a very small percentage of the vote right now. Also, that debate I watched it. I forgot Walker. You know, I, I've been writing for a long time. Walker is one of the front runners. He could be the nominee. I forgot he was on stage for a while. I mean,
0: he could also be somebody who's out. Although, can I say this? Um, the one who was the most anonymous, the, mo- the most quiet, the, who made the least impact on that stage, I thought was Ben Carson, and his numbers have gone up since the debate. And I can't, I can't I figure don't, it out.
2: Yes, I, I didn't get it. I watched the debate and thought he, he, only he even
0: said it at one point, didn't he? Like, oh, you, you remembered I was here. I, but he gave know. a
2: great answer at the end about being a doctor, and I thought that was a cl- it was a right. joke. He clearly had rehearsed and then executed. But I mean, but I, beyond that, he didn't have a lot to say. He does whenever I go to whenever I go around though. Let's be blunt. The Republicans like having a black person who speaks their language and speaks about their kind of uplift message. I'm not surprised. He's pretty much at 9% in every poll, no matter what. He may have just like a core of people who like him.
0: So now, is that the Fiorina thing, too? To have, have 17 candidates, one woman. One woman out there bashing Hillary. Is, is useful, that, yeah. I think they, the polling has not shown that, but I know the Republican Party. As strategists I talked to, they they were
2: hoping, really upset that she didn't get in the top ten, and were hoping the rules were revised. They really wanted her badly in the top ten, and I think that's going to happen, or it's in right. the top twelve.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll collect some more uh, questions on there, but I, I said we're going to get to one of these icebreakers. So I'm right gonna, Okay. Terry, you're going to have to uh, uh, pick a number here. Three. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> I actually – I forgot the list, so I'm going <laughs> okay. to go from, gonna gonna go make from up we're like, we're, I was wondering you were looking at. We're going to pretend I had, right, I had 20 okay. questions here. Really professional. I think I left it at the first bar. Um, <laughs> if you could uh, uh, fabricate one, oh, uh, one story about your life uh, to add to your Wikipedia page, what would it be? I, I only ask because my Wikipedia page is almost 80% false.
2: You know, like I was the <laughs> – like I was all-state in basketball in Kentucky, and I was Mr. Basketball. That's what I would do you to know, make up. Right? It seems like it's like not totally impl- I can just say I gained weight and I used to be good. You know, I mean, that's that's what well, I, would no, go I was doing. Well, I was going to yes, I was yes. going
0: to offer giving advice because, like, I, so uh, that's a, that's yeah, Mr. Basketball is uh, is great. Obviously, I have a similar you okay. know dream, but I, I aimed a little lower. Oh, you aimed so lower. So okay. my Wikipedia page says that I was a backup, I was a reserve guard on the University of Vermont's 2004 basketball team. Now that sounds. Plausible. That is a little more. I agree with you. That know? is a little more. I, we okay, got you. To. Did <laughs> all right. So that, I, that's a, I like that. It's a little more. I'm not plausible.
2: trying to impress anybody except Let's myself. See, um, I guess the the post when I was there one up the the there's the a group of us that won, the, the group of people that posted won a Pulitzer. I could probably easily fabricate that I was it was a team of 17 people. I could probably easily add myself as the 18th, and that would be worthwhile. Probably yes. We had
0: my first my first job uh, on television in New Jersey, and this was an unpaid job. Uh, but the, the other host and he's a great guy but he was uh, and he was an old newspaper guy from New Jersey and uh, the Star-Ledger this is 10 sure. years ago when Jim McGreevy resigned mm-hmm. the gay that story, American governor so the Star-Ledger won the Pulitzer in 2005 for its coverage of all of that and so he used to uh, he wrote a column on Deadline. They they asked him to write a column about you know Jim, we hardly knew you. So they won the Pulitzer. I mean, it was like the whole team won the Pulitzer. Right. But on the air for the next year, it was Pulitzer. my oh, co-host right. was, was, yes, was the Pulitzer yes, Prize winner. Yes. And then I would remind him off the air, and he would remind me I wasn't paid, and, it was, <laughs> oh. and, I, and I knew. <laughs> And I knew my place. So <laughs> that was funny. Um, so what do we got from the audience here, Jeff? Any any new um, stuff?
1: Well, you know, yeah, there's there's been talk about Perry and Christie still going on in the comments, whether Christy even has a shot, what's going on with them, somebody saying he likes Perry, I think it was Todd again. Perry stood up to Trump better than uh, most people and that's why he was finding Perry interesting. Um Pastry Plate and Jocelyn both missed the music in the bar Had asked oh, you to have music. music. There's one thing that's going on right now. There are like four to six people hanging out here and they're like whispering we're, we're to gonna each other. We're going to ask them to sing. No, it's very, it's very quiet. It's like they're whispering to each Later. other when they have to talk instead of having a can, yeah. out loud conversation. So it's a very uh, quiet studio type atmosphere in here is very tense it's very serious but, but what we were planning to do
0: in the editing for the podcast so if you're listening to the podcast now what jeff is saying probably makes no sense to you because we're we're going to dub in is that the right expression yeah background yeah. noise of a real oh, bar. really yeah oh. we're, gonna, we're gonna fool him on the podcast oh, but the that's meerkat interesting. people the meerkat people are getting a different experience is that ethical it's real and pretty <laughs> <laughs> can i you're follow up on something you about? brought up yeah. So
2: Steve, if you said you said Trump said twenty. So if you had to uh, distribute a hundred points, mm. Republican nomination, distribute your 100. You got Trump at twenty. Give me the rest. I'm just curious what you think.
0: I like this question. Um, I'm okay. I said twenty for Trump. Now that was a bit. All right, revise if you. You know I'm not holding you to that. I'm gonna fifteen for Trump. Okay. I'm gonna say fifteen. I'm gonna say twenty-five. Mm. I'm trying to add these numbers up on the fly. Okay. I'm gonna say twenty for now. I could revise it upward. This is like the unemployment rate every month, you know. Uh, I'm going to say 20, Rubia. Okay. In my mind, Rubia is the most likely nominee right now. Oh, wow. I'm going to say 15, Trump. I'm going to say 10, Walker. 10, Bush. Uh, okay. 5, Kasich. That's 60. Okay. And then Field, 40. <laughs> Okay. No, that's not right because the rest of them, the rest of them don't have a prayer. That's what I. The yeah. field being forty, I would no. argue is really hot. Okay, no, you're right. I'm, yeah, reducing, yeah. I'm reducing the field now by ninety percent. I'm giving them four. I got to add thirty six points elsewhere. So fine. I'll. You know what? Marco Rubio, forty percent chance of being the nominee. Wow. Donald Trump, twenty percent chance of being the nominee. Oh yeah, is this is the wine talk. Okay.
1: You?
2: <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. What do, What would you do?
2: This is. I know this is the boringest thing thing to say, but I definitely would give. 40 to Bush. Still, he's in in single uh, digits
0: now. Nobody's excited about him. Mitt Mitt Romney bored us all the time. Weren't
1: weren't McCain and Kerry both really low? Kerry was uh, really low, and McCain was was really low. They were like at these levels, right, before they got the nomination? The Kasich thing is (laughs) 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 Yes, that is correct. So would I give 40 Bush, 20 Rubio,
2: 15... To, okay 40 20 so i've got 60 15 to walker and uh, do i think Kasich is equally likely to walker i mean um, at this point probably i'll give
0: 15 and then i'll give i haven't heard I'll you mention give... pataki yet <laughs> so, so i get those four, some four are guests. The, yeah, <laughs> so some are some of those four and i'll
2: give i guess i gave trump seven i'll give the field three so yeah okay.
0: yeah I mean, there's always the, and we always get into this, thing, and I, 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 you know, the brokered convention thing, and if somebody, but you know, I don't right. think things work that way. Anymore. No, but it I, I might That's maybe the old days before. Be wrong, but you before know, there yeah. were before there were primaries. All right, but so you we, would
2: not give. I still think at the end of the day, like, can you really go around for six years and say inexperienced senators can't be president, and then be like Rubio yes. at, the end, yes. at the end? Yes, I, mean, yeah, I so know, because
0: yeah. my like my essential conclusion about politics from reading it and covering yeah. it over all these years is like it's hypocritical and there's no <laughs> there's no long-term memory. Okay. There's no long-term memory okay, and there's I no foresight. And so it's like, yeah, I, I do. And I just think like, I think ultimately the, what Rubio communicates in just like, I, oh, totally. I hate to sound this way, but like vigor and energy and youth. And I think Bush feels tired and seems tired. And I think that's the most effective stuff to me that Trump does is when Trump starts going after Jeb Bush, I think he's saying stuff that I'm thinking the average Republican voter listening to it is like, yeah, that's right. This guy's a dud. What are we doing with this? You know, and I, I, it all He's comes... saying
2: what we all have been saying to each other. Let's be honest. He is. A is lot... like, when I when I talk to my friends, it's like Bush is boring. He's kind of lame. What's the deal with him? And then Trump one day said it out loud, and I was like, Trump gets how to be. He gets media really well. He says stuff that we all are. And then of course he calls people cell phone numbers. But he gets you know <laughs> on television. <laughs> but he gets like what people
0: are thinking about it. Like the Hillary thing, he gets. Ooh, we got some. Oh, we got some. Boss put some music on. Sounds like Diana Ross and the yeah. Supremes, their their final song together Let in 1969.
2: One the fact that reporters think Kasich did a good job to me as a signal he can't win the nominee. That was immediately my reaction. Was like I kept reading how many reporters thought he was good. I was like, it's the John McCain. You know, that's that's, that's why yeah, I say yeah, John yeah, McCain. Right, right. But
0: I mean, I also think like the other measure of that is like if you are the Republican who the media loves, that also means you're probably going to do well in New Hampshire. Yes. You know, yes. but then it, 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 it is that thing where like Bush needs to win New Hampshire, something, or he's, and he's not going to be Iowa, so it's got to be New Hampshire. And if he can't win New Hampshire, he loses to Kasich. I mean, that's what, that's what I start saying. I'm like, if you got Trump coming out of Iowa, if you got Kasich coming out of New Hampshire, maybe Rubio makes a stand again in South Carolina. But otherwise, if you're telling Republicans, I'm not sure you're telling Republicans in South Carolina to choose between Donald Trump and John Kasich, every Democrat's favorite Republican.
1: I, that's why I start to say 20. Yeah, yeah, percent yeah. I mean, I you know, I don't know. All right, Jeff, what do we got? Uh, we got some Iceland thoughts. we got people. Yeah, let's do an Iceland talk. You want to do some Iceland yeah, talk now? Talk Iceland. Um, so, Jocelyn had some good advice. Jocelyn says bring a sleep mask and earplugs. Um, I think that's helpful for the plane, maybe uh, depending on where you're staying. It's a short flight, isn't it? Yeah, it's like five hours. That's the thing. Like, flying to Greece was like a nine to 11-hour flight, depending yeah. which way. No, and I,
0: I upgraded to Economy Plus.
1: Did I did that, too, and it was great. Is it, it worth it? Oh, yeah. I think
0: it's worth it. Yeah, what, do it's, I, this this way, what do I get
1: that I don't... You just weekend. get more leg room, yeah. basically. Like, which, that. yeah, as a tall person, you really appreciate it. Am, it am makes, I, it am I, I in that
0: aisle where they come over and they tell me if the plane crashes, you have to rescue everybody? I That's think it burden.
1: depends. You can you can tell when you look at the site if you're in an exit row or if you're just in the front of the um, economy. Cabin. <laughs> 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 I like the general aviation <laughs> here. Yeah, like, the, the, <laughs> you, like, you have not been on uh, a plane <laughs> in your life. Here's yeah, right, exactly. Work. Uh. Right, yes. <laughs> it depends. I, I had exit rows. Um, I was in the window seat with the exit row. It was great. But so you what's your be, like?
2: I know you're averse to flying. So wh- what would be the? I cannot fly. What's your hours? Wh-
0: when would you stay? in, I
2: can't. It's too far. I cannot fly
0: there. No, I, I'm I'm a, a getting better. Okay, I went 16. My theory for the longest time was like I said, someday I'm going to get into travel, but it's going to be like I will build my Like if there's a major airline disaster this day, then the next day I'm taking my vacation. Okay. Because what are the odds it's going to happen two days I in a row? Thought of it quite that way. That but was, that's your point. That was how I used to. That was how I used to look at it. But then you know. Frankly, there weren't that many air disasters. So I had to kind of recalibrate. No, my thing was like in 2012, I, 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 my uh, junior year of high school, this is oh. April 1996, I went to England with uh, my school trip. Oh. And I had signed up for it in the summer because there my some friends who wanted to go and they're telling me to come. And I, it was of moments of weakness where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Even though I knew I was scared of planes. And, and I regretted it immediately. And so then for the next six months, I'm like, they told us this. This is before the uh, Good Friday Accords. North, North Ireland, Northern Ireland and, and so they told us, if, if there is a terrorist act within one month of your scheduled school trip, you're refunded, no questions asked. Now I said, look, I hate, obviously I hate terrorism. I want nobody ever, ever to die from terrorism. But some of these IRA acts don't kill anybody. They're just bombs and cars and everybody's fine. And I they shouldn't do it, shouldn't sure. do it. Right. So I, I actually found myself there at 16 years old, so scared of the trip to England, that I'm like, I just, I, I don't want anybody to die, but I want there to, die. just tell me there's a car explosion, you know, and that was, I was that scared of it, and I went and, you know, um, but we went through with the trip anyway, thought we saw Carly Simon on the flight,
1: and it wasn't,
0: <laughs> and uh, and came back, and then I was like, I, I, I made it, and the lesson I took from the trip was like, I survived, don't ever put myself at risk again, and the first time I flew after that was the summer of 2012, the Democratic Convention in, uh, in Charlotte. I think I saw you, I saw you, you. There. I saw you yeah, down yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yeah. no. so. Uh, but now I'm like, no, I got the week off, and I'm like, I want to go somewhere like neat, and I want to like, I want to be a, I want to be a, an adult. You know? But you actually like, ice. you actually <laughs> like cold, so you'd rather do Iceland than like LA, because
2: I would do LA if In the choice.
0: summer, would you do LA in the summer? I like
2: LA, but maybe you know.
0: Really? Each their
2: own. Yeah, yeah. I know you're not allowed to like LA, but I like LA. No, yeah. but
0: rank this: do, do San Francisco, LA, San Diego. LA is your favorite of those three. I was only in San Diego once, and.
2: Yeah, I probably I think I would rank LA. I have more friends in San Francisco because a lot of people, my friends have now migrated to the tech company. So I probably would go to San Francisco first to see my friends. But if I was just going, my wife and I were going somewhere, I would prefer LA. I think the weather's nicer. Beaches are, you know, a lot of beaches. I, I like LA. I yeah. loved,
0: I, I was in San Diego last year. I flew. I loved San Diego. San was Diego great. And I fun. did, I, I, when I finished college, I saw some of my friends from high school, they were living in Berkeley. And we did, I did the Bay Area for a couple weeks. Oh, man, I loved it. I, I, I like it. all those places. L.A. I A. I couldn't stand. I didn't like L. A. Okay. Well, so the, my thing in L. A. was I went out there with friends after college, and, and they were like, they wanted to do film. We were, they were film sure. majors in college, and they said, "Come along, we'll you know, we'll go, you know, make it big." And I was like, oh, "Of course!" And so we uh, we drove out there, <laughs> and my my thing was to be a professional game show contestant. I said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna make a quick score because they film a lot that That'd be good for you." I grew up on game shows. I'm like, this is it. I'm gonna like make ten grand here, maybe a little bit more, and uh, so that didn't that didn't quite uh, uh, quite work out. But the thing was. We try to find, you know, where do we live in L.A.? And everybody tells us L.A. is just one giant suburb, right? And it, and it felt like there's no, the downtown was like Hartford. It, it looked like one giant suburb. it's
2: improved, but yes.
0: So I, one day I, I, when I was scouting for like places to live, and we found, I found a Days Inn, okay? And it was extended stay. So we could get a room in a Days Inn, a suite, okay? In the Days Inn, and we were paying like much less than we were paying in Boston. So I was like, guys, we figured this out? So the three of us uh, shared the suite at the Days Inn in Glendale. And then I went to, I started applying for jobs out there. I applied to be a substitute teacher. In the LA school, they said, "Where do where you live in LA?" I said, "I live in the Glendale section of LA." They said, "Glendale's not LA. Glendale's its own city." <laughs> I had no idea. I thought I was in the Glendale section of LA. So that was that was my. So if they let you host the show anywhere, where would you host the show? Uh, Iceland.
1: <laughs>
0: no,
2: I mean in the you know, I mean in the U. S. What city would you pick if they could let you? Host you're asking anywhere? where I
0: would want to live, ideally. Like, yes, I guess I, that's probably. No, I love I, I love, love, it, I love New York. Questions. I I do I do I do, okay, love, I do but I'm a Massachusetts kid. I should say Boston. I, but you like New York, but it's okay. have I mean, he's right. Lowell, Massachusetts. Lowell, it would is be where Lowell, Lowe. I, I yes. was sort of asking big city, but uh, all right. the Brew City Pub in Lowell, Massachusetts, <laughs> <laughs> <It's a> Pawtucketville. <laughs> no, where would you go? Would you go back to Louisville? You want to go back to Kentucky ever? I, I would like to go to back to Kentucky. Yeah, if, uh, if I found the right kind of thing. I mean, really? Be, you
1: do um,
2: uh, if my wife was watching, and I love D.C. and we could be there forever. But uh, yeah, yeah, I would think about. You really um, go back? I would like to do something in Louisville. I mean, if I was, but for a show, you need to be in a. I also think for a politics show, it would be great if we were in a less, kind of, a city that was more swingish, a city that had right, more... Right, yeah, I, know, I yes. would actually think it would be helpful for our work to do. I would like to be sort of more in the heartland for... In terms of, like, our political stories, I feel like everyone in D.C. has the same opinion. I think Everyone in New York has yep. the same opinion, and I would love to be... If I was doing politics, and I could be based somewhere, you know, maybe Denver would make more sense as a place to be, I think. Yeah.
1: I,
0: think that, I think that's a good point. Yeah. So, Jeff, it sounds like we got some more stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to hit you with a, a series of Iceland, uh, oh, <laughs> Iceland pieces of advice. Well, Bob says that you should pack light and bring lots of layers. That sounds like good, sensible, responsible advice. Um, Gregory says that you should take Xanax before the flight, but that's a that's a great thing to do. Why are you
2: um, no Xanax?
1: Everybody, it's the, the cliché. Yeah, it's, it's like, cliche, you know, it's raining out, you should have a raincoat. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, okay, that's not the problem. <laughs> the problem's the run-up to the flight. Oh, the to the flight. all right. Well, no, the flight's uh, a problem, too, but okay. Uh, Joc- Jocelyn suggests getting uh, Rosetta Stone to speak Icelandic over the next week. Um, she's had a lot of good comments tonight. She keeps getting excited every time I quote one of her remarks. She's been very clever and on point tonight. Um, Jackie has been considering Iceland and hope that it goes well for you. Um, Jackie also invited you to be her date to a wedding in Malaysia in February if you would like to continue. So this was the test. Would the you actually fly to Malaysia? Would you fly like to Malaysia? That would be that far. That's what I was trying that's, to ask earlier. That's the question that's raised that for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> No offense, Jackie. We don't know each other. I'm not sure I'd be the best date
1: for your wedding. I can give you a couple reasons All righty. Fair why that uh, might not work out. but uh, Would you fly to Malaysia?
0: Would I fly to Malaysia? Uh, well, the capital city, of course, is uh, Kuala Lumpur. It's known for its. Uh, there's a lot of tin ore in uh, in Malaysia. I'm thinking back to like. Uh, He's just showing school. off now. Yeah. All right. I know, uh. I know two facts about Malaysia. Would I fly? Yes. Well, ask me how Iceland goes. Okay. I, I mean, the best thing about Iceland to me was like it, it is like it's it's a totally different world, right? It's a totally different Str- world. But it's only five hours away, and the flight is five hours. It's less, as you say, it's less than flying across country, yes. and you are transported to this world of yeah, what, like elves, and you know, It's much, much more radical <laughs> than going to because
2: you go to Paris <laughs> or London. It's like you know, being in yeah, it's not this, right. Not no, I went here. to I
0: went the, the England trip my with my school back in uh, my high school in, in ninety six. I mean, I went to every Pizza Hut in England. I mean, it was you know, I would not exactly <laughs> see the country, <laughs> you know. <but>. Um. <laughs>
1: Uh, Jocelyn, well, you're just, uh, you are just—you should go on The Amazing Race, Jocelyn just said. She's, she's very clever tonight. Yeah. Um, that'd be great. You and I on The Amazing Race. Oh, you be, want to go on it with me? That'd be, there'd be a lot of uh, management of you during that trip around the world. <laughs> I, think you, I think you could Man, handle it. I, I don't know. I think that would, that would definitely test our friendship. Um, Jamie says that you should use TripAdvisor for suggestions, and I actually agree with that. I don't know if you know TripAdvisor website. Heard, I've heard of yeah, it. It it's just sort it. of like crowdsourced yeah. <laughs> advice for hotels and sites to see in different cities. Um, and it, it's it can be a little bit generic on what the sites are, but it's sorta of helpful to give you a, a List of, of sort of what's what's out there and what's worth well, checking
0: me, out. Uh, Perry, you actually you travel for work. A lot. I, I travel for work all the time. Yeah. Yeah, So what's the what are your what are your travel tips? What have you what is what, you know a novice traveler for somebody who does it a lot? What are the what are the keys to successful travel? So I now
2: keep a bag of, of sort of packed with all of my toiletries and all this stuff so I can be ready to go all the time because I used to to travel sort of last minute. I covered the president for some time. We would have to travel last minute a lot. So. I try to be prepared for travel. I'm trying to think, what are my actual travel tips, though? Um,
0: what What is the thing, like, when you? what, what bothers you the most when you're traveling? What is, what's the, something I need to find a workaround for?
1: I I, mean, okay, <laughs> I
0: I mean,
2: I used to be someone who tried to, like, get the, um, to have a carry-on so I could be in and out quickly. I now take... You check your you I check, your check a lot because I like to have lots of... No but I like, I like to have lots of clothing and shoes options. I actually is, just said that. Yes, but I like but to I, have But I just of clothing everything everything
0: options. I know about air travel I learned from that George Clooney movie Up in the air. And yes. his whole thing was here's the size of the bag. You never want to check luggage. You want it on wheels you want to find the right line where there's not a slow, per- like, but that's not you. You, you, you don't mind waiting you know, for like George does? Clooney. I'm sure that is good advice, <laughs> but I, but I think that, or, or the character. But yes, I like to have like a lot
2: of stuff with me. I hate to run out of stuff and have to because you're always going to pay a lot more if you leave a cell phone cord or something. You going to pay a lot more if you have to buy. I mean, small amounts of money, but I like to you know save money when I can. So I try. I do. I I brought a carry on for this trip. I'm going to New Hampshire uh, for a Republican thing on Wednesday, and so I brought a carry on. Uh, really, now that now that I'm I I guess you're in TV in a real way, but I'm in TV enough to where I want to have, uh, you know, you can't, (laughs) if you get something wrong, if you get something on your shirt or something, I want to have enough shirts and enough clothing to really be well prepared. I've been going on the air with schmutz on my shirt (laughs) before. It's it's fine. Listen. So I, uh, what else do I, um, I used to read the 36 hours in the New York Times wherever we would go and yep. try to figure out what the food was. And now I've found that often there are restaurant choices that we never like. So I've taken the fact that i try to figure out who my, like, some of my wife will ask on Facebook, have you been to this city or that kind of thing, and what kind of what do people like. And I also will just ask people I know. I know enough people in pretty much every, you know, a lot of cities I go to now, I'll just ask people who've been there before. I think that's better than, I love the New York Times and all, but I think that I do try to ask people where I'm going all the time, which is not rocket science advice but I think it's like if you're going to an obscure city try to find somebody who knows best so you know, I'm gonna to
0: I am gonna put a thing on my on my uh, Twitter stream this way. I'm gonna yeah. ask about tips for tips for Iceland yeah, travel yeah. see what, see like what they when say. people go
2: to Louisville I'll ask they'll ask me where to go and I'll try to steer them away from the sort of obvious places to the less obvious places oh I've been I've been to Louisville twice really? uh, were you at Louisville the, for? Uh,
0: the well one time um, uh, when I was a kid I went on a business trip with my dad okay. and we drove halfway across what the did country. Do? I, uh, uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> So business. So we we drove halfway we we drove halfway across the country, after, like Iowa. He had a the client or something out sure. there, and we turned around and we came back through, and we ended up in Louisville. I remember I remember I didn't really get to see much and the second time. Was because my fear of flying. In two thousand eight.
2: it's Louisville when you go there.
0: Though. So these are the pronunciations I need to like. Right, I insult people in Oregon because I say it's, it's Oregon, but I say Oregon. It's not Nevada. It's Nevada, Nevada. and so it's Lu- uh, Lu- yeah, if Louisville. Yeah, you go Louisville. 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 No. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. Do the people? But so but there's that. You talk about that rivalry that UK. Louisville rivalry. You're fine. Do the, do the UK people to like troll you? Do they just say Louisville? Do they do they say no, it No, they don't
2: do that. It's more like more like. But I've noticed the thing when when Louisville's team is good, the announcers. Know to say it right, you know. Like Dick Vitale always said it right, but now the he like, did you, really. You know, he's always, he seems oblivious. From, no, no, he <laughs> knows that kind of stuff from the moment I, you know. Actually, I went to a game. with My brother got a picture with him. In fact, he was a super friendly guy. I can we see We went that. to again. Yes. I was, I yes. was actually very impressed. Like I was a big line, and he was, you know, some of the politicians. You walk up to them, and they're like kind of jerks. You get a picture with them, but Vitale was very friendly. He pronounced Louisville right, so I was impressed by that.
0: But yeah, you were there twice. Go ahead. Let me let me ask you another uh, icebreaker question. Because we have a few of these, and right. uh, we're I we're lost my, note, I lost my no, we have a few script. more. Pick a number.
2: <laughs> 17. Here's the script. Here oh, here's go. the script. All right, now I got it.
0: Okay. Doesn't help. Uh, I, I remember the questions I wrote down, though. Here we go. Right. Here's one of them. You, according to uh, an online source I read earlier, once appeared, or perhaps more than once appeared, on the Larry King live show. What was Larry <laughs> King like?
2: <laughs> Jim, you're on the Larry King live show. I was not in the studio. So I was remote. So it was after the um, – I you know, I got really – lucky. I was – I um, – it was after the debates in the 2004 election. So, like, I got on this a couple – This is Kerry this versus Kerry Bush. This is Kerry versus okay. Bush. And um, I don't know how they found out who I was even, but I ended up getting booked for their show. I worked the Time Magazine. Then. So I got – so I was on, but I feel like I said – basically one thing he asked the convoluted long question i understand and i spoke very briefly and then like i think it was me and dick is this like being on my show i talk a lot on your show people are always like you talk even faster than steve you know usually the feedback i get but um so it was, I was sitting beside Dick Gephardt, that's what I remember most, and he was kind of like, basically like, who the hell are you? And that's what I asked, he was like, hello, I'm Perry, and he was like, and you do what? And how, He asked me then how old I was, and I was like 24 then, so it was like a little bit embarrassing to tell. You know, Dick Gephardt was running for president that year, right. and had just lost And he was the House Majority Leader, so it was a big deal. I was seated beside him, I didn't get to meet Larry King, and his, and, his, and
0: his question to you is, how old are you?
2: I looked like someone who might be 24, so he did ask me that. You know, so it was. The fine. rumors were true. <laughs> the rumors were true. <laughs> you were indeed, yes. 24. Yeah, I was indeed
0: well, yeah. you also covered. I saw this. You um, uh, in 06, so uh, Democrats won back control of Congress in 2000, first time in 12 years. Right. So I was. I covered. Congress for roll call right. in 05. I covered then, even though right. I covered. Well, I covered how, I was a uh, terrible reporter, but um, <laughs> but so you you covered Pelosi mm-hmm. at the same time I covered Pelosi. Yeah. What do you? What did you make of her? Um,
2: I remember I I went out. I did this profile with her. So I spent several days with her, and somehow I get her. She get comfortable with me, and I'm not totally sure why. That's saying so, something. She yeah, rarely she's gets comfortable. Very disciplined yeah. normally. And she gave me this quote, of, and she said this thing to me about how all these men in Washington had disrespected her for years. And she, at the end, said, "Anybody who knows me knows not to mess with me." And as soon as she said, it, I was like, "Gold," because <laughs> I mean, that became like the lead of the story and the headline. And she gave a bunch of quotes about how she felt like she'd been disrespected in the past, and and people had sort of talked about her, made fun of her makeup and her eyes and things. We were. Probably probably say today are sexist and would be more condemned as that. I thought that she kinda got I always thought she she understood like I mean I'm not give a lecture here but she kind of understood the political polarization earlier than probably I did mm-hmm. in the rest of his. This is the time when Obama had given that speech of we're all gonna come together the blue states. She didn't she liked Obama she didn't believe any of that shit though and she was like very explicit about like I remember in that year there were I was, I was talking to some Republican members who said like remember Chris Shays? yeah he was moderate yep. moderate from and yep. he had been he told me that. And he had heard from Democrats. He wanted to work with some Democrats on some bills. And Pelosi told them in no sudden, sudden terms, you will not work with Chris Shays on any bills. That will make him seem more bipartisan. Just he to might him. win. We Just want to get beat him, him, him out. And I think they didn't actually beat him that year. They beat a bunch of other right. Republicans. They beat him in 08, I think. But they beat him in a bunch of – and I thought she was actually – didn't get enough credit for being actually very smart and tactical at politics.
0: She was – I mean, the thing when I was there that struck me was like – because I, I, I went down there and – the two top Democrats in the House were, and they still are, Pelosi Steny. and Steny Hoyer from Maryland. And it's this crazy story, if anybody knows it. It goes back literally, these two people, Nancy Pelosi I think is about 75 now, I think Hoyer's 76. They have a rivalry that goes back 55 years. They were interns in the office of the senator from Maryland, Daniel Brewster, in like Pelosi 1960. Pelosi's from Maryland, even though she... Right, Pelosi's from Baltimore, the daughter mm-hmm. of a mayor... Hoyer's this guy who always a political animal, and they intern in the same office like 55 years ago. She moves 3,000 miles away. Their lives connect again like 35 years. It's crazy, it's and they crazy. have this rivalry where like you know, this this like five-year fight to be the Democratic leader, and Pelosi wins. Pelosi beats yes. Hoyer, and I got there right after that happened, and there was, so it was still very like it was very raw still, and I and it was very sensitive. But the thing I remember too was like. You would cover them, and the difference was like every every Thursday, Pelosi would have her press conference, mm-hmm. and uh, and every or every Wednesday she would every Thursday Hoyer, whatever it was. So hers was she would be in like a holding room off to the side, then she would walk out, and there's a podium, and she'd read a script, and you'd ask oh, her questions, right. Madam Leader, it's this this, and yeah, yeah, very right. very regimented yes. answers. Okay, that's the Pelosi press conference. The Hoyer press conference was. Come on in guys, sit down on the couches, roll up the sleeves, turn the recorder on, and he just shoots the shit with you for like an hour. And it was this kind of thing where I, I know there was, I was aware of this, like, online, because, like, the Daily Coast thing was just taking yes, off, and, like, the yes. Netroots, and the Netroots loved Pelosi, and they hated Hoyer, because Hoyer was, you know, the corporate DLC. The of Bill but I was like, man, if you are a reporter here, Hoyer's giving you everything you need, and Pelosi's giving you nothing. She like, was very disciplined. She would, and she was very
2: into alliteration. She would say the culture of corruption, which she had these same, remember that she had these same phrases? She was really, she's really right. not a very skilled, Stevie Hoyer looks like a and I asked him this one day, and he kind of shaved, But his office, Kevin Spacey's office, looks like it's modeled on Stinny Hoyer's office. I never thought And, I never and the that. Kevin Spacey character acts a little bit, Stinny Hoyer acts a little bit like... Not the not the killing people stuff obviously. But Sidney <laughs> <laughs> Hoyer kinda talks and hacks and looks and looks a little bit like carries it a little bit like Kevin Spacey does. I brought this up with Sidney Hoyer one day and I was like, Have you watched House of Cards? And his press person laughed and was like, I see your point and Sidney Hoyer like was like, I've never seen that show and I was like, Really? Oh come on. No, no, on. I don't, oh, I didn't buy on. it. You know, yeah, because, come you know. on. So what's your favorite of the pull-up? Was it House of Cards, V. Mm. Um, mm. Let's see,
0: what else? West Wing. Mm. Do
1: you know what a sword subject this is with him? You don't yeah. like any. I don't no,
2: know. well, I, don't mean, know. So I mean, so I'll, I'll give you the quick version.
0: All but, right. like, House of Cards, my problem is, you just alluded to it. The Kevin Spacey character, as the show begins, is the Democratic whip. Yes. He's responsible for counting votes. They tell us that the Democrats have exactly 218 votes in the House. You need 218 votes to pass anything in the House. He murders his 218th vote. What the hell kind of a whip would murder his right. 218th vote? So that was my, right, okay. my proper right cards, among other things. The, okay. the dog killing also, you know, I yeah. didn't like that. Sure. Uh, Veep, I, look, I think Veep's a harmless show, but I never really, I never quite got into it. I, I, it's probably my favorite of them by default. Sure. And then West Wing, I mean, look, I said, the thing about the West Wing to me is like, you you can live your entire life. You can go to like the elite schools of the country and everything, you know, uh, like groton dunstable Regional High School where I went, you know, <laughs> and, and you may meet one person who is capable of thinking as quickly and talking in in these soliloquies and every fucking person on the west wing delivers this like shakespearean soliloquy on cue and they're so ironic and uh, you know they're like hipsters and i you know (laughs) it's too much for me it's too much I do think when I first started, I you know when I first got to Washington, I thought
2: I was gonna meet people like that. Did you ever meet you, anybody? Yeah, there's, there's some smart people watching them, but they're never like they're never like smart and charming and quick and really good looking. Right. You know what right. I mean? Right. I, I, I mean that's like you know like if, you know Dan Piper's a smart person. You know the White House people are smart, but it's not like and they they do see around corners and occasionally I don't. I would say, and the president himself, I was in one meeting with him, and he actually did, you know, I did think, wow, this person has really thought about things in a way that most people have not. But I don't, yeah, but the, the day-to-day, yeah, day-to-day, no, it's not
0: like that. Yeah. yeah, I just, I just, I'm like, just somebody on the show for once say, um. That's that's all I ever, that's all I ever want. Did you
2: watch the end of it, though?
0: The last so season. Well, so this whole thing with Alan Alda runs for president, right? And then he's against the Jimmy Smith. They got a lot they, of
2: things basically, like, Right about how the in the a lot of the things that happened to Obama happened to Jimmy Smiths in a we, weirdly right. enough they did they I, and the overall was too idealistic, but they got they understood it was one of the more realistic shows about while being everyone was overly articulate but they got some of the mechanics of politics right I think in a way that Veep does too he in a was, way that House the, of Cards does but
0: the it. Martin the Martin Sheen character was also as I understand he was an anti-abortion Democrat I don't think it's possible
2: he was an anti I think he was the way anti-abortion the like Harry Reid is
0: oh, that's true. Well played. <laughs> Jeff's got some more stuff.
1: Um, I got I got one thing. Many people have asked about your bookshelf and the books behind you. I was curious Any- about that. Any like summary of what we've got going on here? Also, a question if, if Perry reads these books and, and has any uh, thoughts on stuff. the tour okay, of my see. bookshelf will do well in the
0: podcast. Can I tell <laughs> you? Have, have
1: you
2: finished? <laughs> okay, let's start with
0: the Robert Caro. Has anyone so we're really looking at
2: finished any of those books? No,
0: let, let me take you through this. Let me take you through this. Uh, but 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 but, but read this one. This is Master the of the Senate.
2: Let's let's do, let's tell yep. the yep. audience just so they yep. know that this is I what read. That's great, it's so good.
0: I read Master of the Senate. This is
2: 1,034 pages. No, a lot of it is
0: like an index. No, no, I
2: got to the end. Let's say it's 1,006
0: pages then. Dude, it's it's Uh, gripping. It is good. What else do we... uh, Okay, Passage of Power. Uh, This is the next... This is the fourth one. I I think it might have to bookmark in here, actually. So I started this in April of... uh, Let's see if it's... uh, it's not... No, I'm about 400 pages into this one. But I I intend to finish it. Um, The Power Broker... This is I a read, the terminal, read the Power Broker Did you read the Power of at Yale? I got assigned to it when I was in college. Yeah. I'm about. I'm on page 14 right now. Uh, but I bought it in 2006. It's. I. It's such the detail. Oh, that was, goes the, goes the detail to, is amazing. I'm reading the history of like his great aunt's husband or something right yeah. like now, and I'm like I. You know.
1: Fast forward to the parks.
0: You it's know. That's um, <laughs>
1: What else we have? Here? you both did what it takes? Have you both read Everybody is yeah. I feel like everybody's required yeah. to almost enjoyed it. I, takes, I enjoy Richard this. Ben
0: yeah. Kramer, absolutely. There it is. It's, yeah. it's uh, again yeah. on the podcast, this is, you're not appreciating any of this, but we're turning around right now. I'm gonna give you a play by play. We're looking at my uh, my bookshelf. Is there anything else here that I wanna like call attention to? This, this oh. you
1: did not. I love this. You did not. This must be very much.
0: Here's one called Paris nineteen nineteen by Margaret McMillan Again, the bookmark is still in it, so I can tell you what where I am. This is page 318, and this is a uh, this is my daily, uh, the bookmark is actually doubling as my daily diet program from 2007, oh. so that's oh. that's what uh. this is from, <laughs> but um, yeah.
2: What it, is the what it takes era over, the era in which you can write a book about the campaign that you really, like, what it takes... Was not like the, the Halpern books, the Mark Halpern, John Halman books about the twenties of the campaigns. They're very sort of cynical and yeah. written by political, and sort of you can tell us the Jim Messina's who are being talked to as opposed to the candidate. Can you write a book today about the candidates? Is, is this optimistic about people? Are we too cynical about politicians one, and they give us too little access to?
0: I think that's well. That's, so first of all, right. I think that's a great point. Right. The the access is just it, you can't get the kind of access that Richard Ben Kramer had, hmm. but. I think the the thing too I remember about Richard Ben Kramer's book is like it didn't make money. Like I, oh, he he I remember and he, he passed away unfortunately a couple of years right. ago. He felt <clears throat> there was a story about him bef- just shortly before he died where he was surprised to learn the impact that the book had had on the audience that oh, loved he didn't it. Know of it. Oh. He didn't he he I, I think I, I think by the end he did but like. Um, because he, the, the budget that, I think Random House was the publisher, the budget that Random House put up for his travel, and for, I mean, for, for that, you know, and it comes out five years after the election or whatever. So, I, I mean, I'm not sure it ever it ever could have worked, but it is, like, I remember he was quoted in that same article I'm thinking of, he was quoted about game change, mm-hmm. you know, the Halpern-Heilman thing, and, like, and he was saying, look, it, it, it's, he was basically saying it's too cynical for him. It's like, he appreciates these candidates, these politicians, as people. And he wants to know, he's not there to, you know, this is the bad guy because I don't like his view on taxes, this is the good. He just wants to know the character, the personality of somebody who gets to the point where they can say, I want to be president of the United States, and I can be. And like, and it's it's I don't know, I just remember reading that and being like, yeah, that was like
1: that's the best book about about campaigns. I just I think he was such an extraordinary talent that if someone of his ability at, at any point in time could write something as as powerful as he did. I think it's more a testament to how great he was right. in some sense. Than I, but I know than a lot of talented writers I, and they, my the people I to who are really great writers they move
2: out of yeah. politics because their view is that's not where the great writing of today is going to happen. He was like a can. once in a
1: generation type guy I think though in the way that like Caro is that it's so rare that someone with that. Death and or well, the style. Yeah, people who yeah. are dead. Yeah, so yeah, that absolutely. helps too. I mean, in the sense <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That but then, right, the, the style yeah, in yeah. that book, and I've because
0: I've seen the other thing. The, uh, every successful book spawns imitators, and I've seen the imitators of Richard no, Benjamin's style, and it's, it's painful. It is painful to read. Um, we have a few minutes left, but I, I said earlier we were going to get to this, and I want to get to it. We, we we teased a little earlier the Democratic d- race, okay. yeah. Hillary versus Bernie. So you were saying, you said earlier, you think Donald Trump has a better chance of being the Republican nominee for president than Bernie Sanders does of being the Democratic nominee? Yes. Even
2: after all the the emails? I would rank Joe Biden ahead of Bernie, too. Really? Yes. Explain. I just think Bernie has a very—and this is something we talk about all the time, but, I mean, he has a very narrow base of support among— it's the Bill Bradley's power dean support level, and it's that same group. You can win New Hampshire and Iowa with that— maybe you can win one of those two states, maybe both of them with that, but you cannot—I've seen no evidence— among it's not just blacks hispanics moderates conservatives like any democrat who's not like sort of a white liberal sort of upper income person and he doesn't have any support among anybody else and i sort of think if, if let's say if hillary's email scandal forced her to get out of the race i think biden i don't think it's al gore but i think biden or somebody else would, would then take her support and still beat Sand. i just think he also let's be blunt We're not going to elect Doc from Back to the Future to the presidency. (laughs) Let's just be honest and say that. I respect him a ton. He's got great positions. He reminds me of that character when I watch him. He he doesn't have – I've never heard the comparison, but I can see it. There's a lack of – I don't think the gravitas word means something all the time. But There's something – there's a lack of something
0: with Sanders that I think makes him – kind he of unelectable is, i think what you're saying is like i mean it, it's like it's 1968 it's eugene mccarthy he can go into new hampshire and he can scare the overwhelming yeah. favorite maybe if it I'm all sure happened like s- knock out the yeah. but if he does bobby kennedy comes in joe i'm B- not to say that joe biden sure. and bobby kennedy are the same but i because i the, 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 here's the thing i think of with sanders though and i'll ask you this like fine i, I mean i take your point yeah. like the, the the heel is narrow and you know, Iowa and New Hampshire set up a lot better for him than South Carolina and Nevada I was. Okay, right. however, take the take that logic out of it because you know in politics when when like when shit happens in sure. politics, people stop being logical. Yes. So if Hillary Clinton, the overwhelming, the most overwhelming favorite we've ever seen, right, right. blah blah blah, all the endorsements, loses Iowa and loses New Hampshire to Bernie Sanders, what does that world look like? <clears throat>
2: Are we going to see, I mean, I, I know this, I know it's terrible to say this, but I don't think that's going to be, I really feel like if on December, just let's say, when are the primaries, this is in progress So let's say on January 27th, Bernie Sanders is ahead in the polls in Iowa and New Hampshire. I think every Democrat is going to be on TV saying socialist, unelectable, socialist, unelectable. It's going to be so aggressive at the end that everybody, I think President Obama himself might imply socialist, unelectable. It'll get to the point where. I know that we, voters are independent minded, but you they do follow sort of signals of the party leaders. And I just feel like that's gonna be an overwhelming signal that if you vote for this guy, you're gonna see President Trump, Rubio. It's, I just, the scenario in which there's like Biden's out and and Bernie's allowed. I didn't say the word word, but allowed to win Iowa, New Hampshire. I just mm-hmm. don't see that scenario. To be uh, yeah, I guess I know that's hard no. I think to no. I think you're, way, I think yeah. you're,
0: no. You're probably right, and it's more. I mean, like, look, he's still down in Iowa twenty points, but like, I just look at it. I'm like, look, if that thing gets going, yes. if he wins Iowa, I don't know how they stop him in New Hampshire. So if he wins New Hampshire. I think then
2: it becomes like a, we've got to make sure, I think Hillary's very position to win South Carolina anyway. Right. So I, I think it becomes like a, we win South Carolina and it goes from that. I think Hillary's still... I would still have the advantage for Hillary even at that point. I, no, I, we, and we know. That I see the, your point that at that point, you know, we saw, we know that, like we're saying, black voters are some kind of like they're ironclad for Hillary, but we already know that they're not ironclad for Hillary since she just lost them seven years ago. That's <laughs> right, right. You know, where and, they and, and win, was winning early, and was in, winning early before, in that race. And they, right. I mean, like obviously, Bernie Sanders is not black, but I mean, but there is something to be said for the lead. Nothing in politics like I want to be open about the fact that nothing we, we don't know exactly what's going to happen like i see trends and i accept the trends are likely but i don't and i think polls are we always over, we overcover polls maybe but i still think yeah something could happen that but if i had to give my 100 points i would give 80 to hillary
0: only 80 headline yeah uh, that's true
2: <laughs> 80 to hillary Fifteen to Biden, five to Sanders, maybe, that sounds... maybe something, maybe lower than that for Sanders. Do I give some for? Who is it? Is it more like Kerry or Gore that I should give my other? Oh, you wrote about the
0: Kerry, Yeah, I was on Morning Joe last week, and and I was talking about this, like the the if it's not Hillary, who is it scenario, and they were mentioning Carrie. I know you wrote. You think there's any anything with Kerry? Who I don't know the audience of
2: the podcast, but there's if you look on the internet, oh, it's substantial. There, if you look on the, and I'm not sure I should be saying this, but if you look on the internet, there are reasons why I'm skeptical that Gore could be president, and there it's, so there's a scandal of sorts about Gore that I think is problematic for him. So I do think if you so you take out Gore, then I do think the problem is if you're if if you're like Gillibrand. Klobuchar, Booker, all want to be president and could have run in some scenario. But I think now the scenario where Bernie's pretty far ahead, you have to have sort of a, you know, the comparison, I, somebody gave me two comparisons last week. They were saying that when Norm Coleman, I mean, sorry, when Norm Coleman in 2002 was running against uh, Wellstone, right. Wellstone passed away, it was not, they, they within went for who is the person everybody, every Democrat knows, Walter Mondale. So you sort of, it's the last 10 days, you just draft somebody in and that's the kind of person or you need somebody like Lisa Murkowski was wrote in and won in 2010. You need somebody who everybody's already kind of knows and voted for. So you got Gore, Kerry, Biden are sort of the obvious people right. in that. I don't know which one of them wants to run and so on. But I think that's the there's consensus right, a broad person, a broad, yeah. a broad, broad based support. Yeah, no, Michelle I, I get, Obama, if she wants to be president,
0: could be you know a could be right. A, I'm sure person. the Obamas would love eight more years you know, yeah, of, yeah, of, yeah. of what they've by all. Kind, I mean, I guess that's that's the thing too. Like if I um. Yeah. No. If I had to rank them the way you are, I I, I tend to agree. I may even put it Hillary a little a little higher a little than, higher than eighty yeah. percent. Yeah. Only
2: because when the FBI starts asking you for stuff, I think that I can't say you are one hundred percent the favorite.
0: Anymore. I, I guess the the one thing I was the, I, the I, I mean I learned it a generation ago when Bill Clinton first ran in ninety two. But it's like you know Clinton it's it's true. Clintons don't quit. Clinton's and don't they quit. just like I mean Bill Clinton could and probably in people's minds should have dropped out at so many points in 92 and he endured and he endured and he endured and that's the only reason we think of him as Bill Clinton today right you know and he went through an impeachment he went through all this stuff you know and and Hillary went through losing in 08 and coming back now I just feel I'm like I, I, I try to factor that in when I'm thinking about this I'm like even if something looks bad right now, they stick around, they stick around, and it looks different. I got to ask you the
2: Marine Dow question now. Are the Belichicks and the the Belichicks? The Belichicks. Belichick (laughs) and Tom Brady, Hillary and Bill Clinton, is the analogy true? The rules kind of don't apply to them. They kind of think they're above them at times, but the scandal is all the media overcovers the scandal, and it's usually not as bad as the media says,
0: and they always end up winning. Well, I mean, I'm from Massachusetts, yes. so Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick are two saints. They're heroes. They've they follow every, every, every letter of the law, you know, <laughs> and the entire Jealous League has ganged up on them and is railroading them in an outrageous way. An outrageous way. It's right. just terrible right. what they're doing, Perry. Okay. Thank you for... It sounds you for, like New it's for about Hillary. Hillary. <laughs> oh, oh, they're they're right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're, we're going about to uh, wrap it up here, but let's just check in with Jeff one more time if we get any more... Uh, Feedback from the audience
1: here. I got got my trip to Iceland. I want you know. Yeah, I mean, I think I I hit all the the points on Iceland that people share. There's other (laughs) other names being thrown out about you know people like Amy Klobuchar, people like Julian Castro, people like Deval Patrick. You have a lot of Sanders fans in your stream, as you know probably. Um, That that was some feedback that was going on. What do you think about
2: Deval? I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical we're going to have oh. two black presidents in a row. Well, I'm no, skeptical was, of that.
1: But, yeah. I, I was, so
0: Deval Patrick, the former governor of Massachusetts, I was saying for the last couple of years, watch this guy. Yeah. Like this, I think he has the interest in it. I think he could be an interesting candidate. About nine months ago, uh, he left. Uh, he oh, he right. left as governor yeah, he of Massachusetts. To he took a job at Bain Capital. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the uh, that told me right. not happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. yeah, That's but before true. that, I, I, and I was saying, if not run for president, he could be Hillary's VP. Sure. He'd be qualified for it, all that stuff. But yeah, he took a job at Bain. So I think I think he took himself out of that. Um, well, Perry, this was um, this has been really fun. So, so right. Now you're tell you're, you're going to be in New Hampshire this week. It so was an
2: education it? forum where I think Kasich, Walker, Bush, Carly, two other people are going to be at on Wednesday. And I don't know if Mr. Trump's going to be there. I'm hoping I can get,
0: hopefully I can convince have him. You had an, have you had an encounter with Trump on the I campaign I have trade? not. No. You
2: know, I'm like the last person. I have not been out as much as usually. So I want to have, you know, talk to him at some point. Although we have a full team of NBC people who are <laughs> right. trying to talk to Trump. But I like to, I like, more. I'm more curious, to be honest with you about, who is in the room cheering for him and what those supporters are like and what they make of the Bertha stuff, the Megan Kelly comments and what, what, I mean, I kind of read what they, I just wanna hear, look, honestly, in this case, I would be curious what they what they tell me is, what they're gonna tell me about Donald Trump. They might tell David Weigel or you for that matter. Right. So I do wanna ask people, about what do you think about Trump and what are you here for? And is this like a curiosity or are you I don't know. I don't have a sense of how intense his support is. Like even early when Obama ran 07 he had the support wasn't always wasn't that big at first, but it was very deep. And, I, and Sanders has very deep support. I'm curious if Trump's people who like him really right. are, they, are committed. Yeah. I'm curious
0: about Trump. I would like to know that. That's what I'm more. Well, I'm curious you know. too. And if you do encounter him and you get to talk to him. Please tell him he's free to call into our show, our show. the he Up Show, into or the podcast show. Okay. Tell him, add that to the repertoire. Be careful, though.
2: you know He call, he made fun of Chuck's eyes or something. He's always making fun of
0: people, so you got to be careful that he might, you I'm, know, yes, gotta he's gotta be ready. Skin. All right, yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Uh, Perry Bacon Jr., thank you All for joining right. us tonight. It was really fun. Thank you, everybody at home, for watching on Meerkat and for listening to the podcast. We'll be off next week because I'll be in uh, Iceland, but we'll be back the week after that, I'll announce the exciting new guest as soon as we have one.
1: We'll see you soon.